It's the Muppets Minute Show with Nick and Annie. It's time to talk about the Muppets movies minute by minute. Today we're talking about Muppets Take Manhattan, Minute 62. Minute 62 starts with Kermit knocking on the door and ends with Kermit getting his hopes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but I, I, for some reason I really like how he has to knock twice. Like, I don't know. It's just a weird little thing. Yeah, like why? Like, I mean, other than to just, you know, sell the idea that there's nobody there. Right, right. <laughs> um, like which I guess, I guess they, it is important to sell that so that we don't think somebody's actually going to come to the door. But I don't That's know. True. It's an interesting detail. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know what? You're you're exactly right. I didn't think about that. Um, Want to make sure we kind of know that no one's. But I mean, who? yeah, I, I guess why. But maybe start to think, oh, no one's here. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Or like that we now that we are now aware that like Ronnie is not going to expect anybody to come out of the office. You know what I mean? True. Although he really gets in his way. Like if he knows his dad is it is not in there. Why? Why does he care that they that they go in if they go in there or not? Well, maybe he knows that he's expecting him back like any minute. I don't know. Okay, but like they're not going to see him sitting on the stairs. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, maybe he doesn't have a key i don't know no he's now we're really really doing a work around here because of course he has a key if he's like the gopher <laughs> right. so, so yeah. it's ridiculous i guess yeah that's a really good point other than the fact that i mean i really like the little setup that they have at the top of the stairs it's it's a nice shot and it's a really nice little kermit sitting with his cross leg right so i mean if we were to do without it i would be sad so the real world answer is probably they, they, they ran out of budget to build the set for for the office or you know they've done so many scenes of kermit in an office that maybe they just wanted to do something a little different which i appreciate oh. as a storyboard artist myself that every once in a while you just kind of want to shake things up and say hey you know what we've done all the office he's been into 18 offices in this movie already let's just try and do something a little bit different plus it's a really nice set like with the with the empire state building in the background there like it's a really really nice little shot in the, in the stairwell and you know to ronnie's credit he doesn't pretend you know he, he he does kind of at first and then he realizes quickly that he's not gonna really try to pretend to be his dad or anything right so so i don't know um it's like, look, other i'm than sick le- of doing office shots we paid yeah. for the matte painting of the city in the background of these windows yeah. let's use it yeah i think right. it's nice i think it's yeah. a nice looking shot and i i much prefer it to them going into the office because it does sort of it's a cat. It's 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 not like how Kermit probably expected to get this gig. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I kind of like the idea that it, it it comes at you in a different way. You know, I yeah. like it. All right, that's an interesting did take I, on that. Did I sell it to you, Nick? Yeah, yeah. I'm also okay. old. I, well, I, I like I like how you brought it into your real world job experience. You're like, I yeah, I I, I appreciate that. So. Yeah, you know, every once in a while, you're just like, okay, how many shots towards this, towards the living room can we do? You know, <laughs> right. we got to turn, let's turn the camera around a little bit. Let's do something a little bit different. And uh, I feel like in this case, we've spent lots of time in uh, Broadway producers' offices. So yeah, yeah, I like it. I stairs. like the decision. Um, the I, I, it's funny. I love sandwiches wrapped like that in the in those in like that that parchment paper or wax paper whatever whatever it may be yeah. that wrap 
from the city are always delicious. So I really wonder what's in those sandwiches. Whenever I go to New York, oh yeah, I go to a deli. They wrap them in that in that white paper and hand them to you, and it's usually absolutely delicious. So I'm excited. Like I usually, I don't know. It's really really good. Whenever I go, up although. To- what do you think they are? I don't know. Because I'm thinking breakfast sandwiches, maybe. But I guess he says it's lunch. So it is lunchtime. Yeah, and they aren't like in a normal. I mean, they look almost like they could be burgers, but that's not how you carry burgers. No, like, I don't think they're. They're burgers. definitely. They're not maybe greasy like pe- things. No, maybe like a like pita pockets or no, something. There's like, no, there's no pita pockets. Well, what is it? It's not like a sub sandwich or a what? hoagie. It's probably like a turkey sandwich, or you but know. it's round. It is round. You could do a, a turkey sandwich on a hard roll. Yeah, I don't know. It looks kind of small. It looks yeah. a little too small and round to be a good sandwich. So right. I don't know about Ronnie's lunch getting skills. And then it looks like he has like a cup of yogurt. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Here you go. I'm sending you a link right now because we're talking about this. What is it? That Well, that is one of those blue Greek coffee cups. And they... This brings back so many memories because they were so popular in in like, well, forever, especially in the city. But they've definitely migrated out to the suburbs. And I don't know. I don't know if they were a big thing where you grew up. Um, but they but if you went to any diner or any place where you could take out coffee, um, and I grew up oh, in Connecticut, wow. you would get this coffee, this coffee cup. So I. I never looked it up before. I never thought too much about it. I just knew this was the coffee cup like I would always see my parents drinking out of. If you ever went to the city, you'd see it all over the place. So I had to look it up. And so I I did a Google search for blue Greek coffee cup because what I remember about these is that, you know, that Greek pattern there. And it was definitely like Greek lettering. Yeah. And key, I believe it's called. Yeah. So it, and, and, and it's definitely a thing. So um, I, I looked it up and apparently there was an article done about it. And this uh, untapped New York is the name of the, uh, the, the blog that this was on. And this uh, article came out a couple of years ago. It's a great history of this blue paper cup. Um, so apparently it's called the Anthora which stems from the uh, Greco-Roman amphora, which means an ancient container. And ah. Yeah, yeah. So it always has that, that, that Greek slogan on it. Um, we are happy to serve you. And you can see there's a couple different, there was a couple different styles of it. But in general, it was this like, orange lettering and Greek-style decorative border. And there was always blue and white. And this is really, really weird because, like, I mean, I just remember I didn't necessarily know that they were a thing. But then, like everything else, you know, people remembered it, wanted retro stuff. And so, like, it became a thing um, to where they were actually making ceramic versions of this cup. Oh, cool. But apparently it goes back to the wave of Greek immigrants during the early 1900s. They brought a love of coffee with them. I had no idea coffee was was big in Greece. Yeah. Uh, And that's why I think I was always confused about these cups, but I never questioned it. Because it it wasn't just in Greek places. It was like in in your neighborhood diner. And this is what you could serve coffee in. 
There's an influx of Greek-owned coffee shops and carts, apparently over 600 of them throughout the city. And then, well, that's why. I mean, they're, they're, if they're Greek-run, then they would be sort of celebrating their culture, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, there you go. In 1963, the Sherry Cup Company created a standard coffee cup to appeal to these Greek food vendors and restaurant owners. And then the company's marketing director put the slogan on it, we're happy to serve you. And it just became New York's, like, cup of coffee. The cup sales peaked at apparently $500 million in 1994. And the, you know, no, go wow. ahead. The New York Times described the cup as, quote, perhaps the most successful cup in history. It's interesting to think that there was a class or a paper coffee cup that was as ubiquitous as Starbucks is now. I know. You know, it, I would never have thought that to be the case in the 80s. And, and it's funny you bring up Starbucks because apparently the sale decline of this cup had to do with the 1994 debut of Starbucks in New York City. And Starbucks came out in 1994 in New York. I mean, it's been around. I mean, it started in Seattle, right? And then right, 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 right. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, still no, that that shocked me as well. If if the first Starbucks in New York was 94, that really kind of surprises me a little bit because yeah. I remember, like, I, I was in, uh, I, you know, like, I went to college in the late 90s, early 2000s, and um, that's when I discovered coffee, like, because I would never drink it at home, and then, yeah, I was, oh, I'm an adult, I'm going to drink coffee now, and, and now I'm totally addicted, and, <laughs> but, like, Starbucks helped that, because there was a Starbucks on campus, and, like, I, I had no idea what Starbucks was, but I was like, oh, this is cool, and, yeah. uh, and so that was like late nineties. So to to know that it only debuted in New York in ninety four really surprised me because by the nineties, like I, I I grew up kind of sheltered, like there was no Starbucks near me, but other people knew of Starbucks, and like you know it was like oh no 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 it's a thing it's like very popular now it's growing you know anyway mm -hmm. um, so that surprised me as well. But then uh, you know a lot of other things happened, and then they were disappeared for a while. And then in 2015, they once again became available to wholesale distributors. And oh, uh, there was a little bit of a comeback. Trying to bring it back? Yeah. Like a retro? Retro thing. So, so people were like, hey, I missed these. Let's, let's start producing them again. You know, why are they gone? So That's pretty cool. I, I had no idea. I don't remember these. Like, it like, looks kind of vaguely familiar. Like maybe I was aware of it when I was a kid. But, I, you know, I don't remember and um, that's interesting, although it, I this actually kind of leads me to one of my, my biggest pet peeves about movies and television in general oh is that n no, it, it seriously is. It drives me up the wall because no one, no one holds a coffee cup the way that a full hot cup of coffee would be held ever. And no one drinks from one how it would be drunk from. That's ever. so true. That would be it's spilling so all over the place. Annoying! It annoys me to no end because how hard is it to pretend that there's something in that cup? It's not hard. Like you hold it the right way, and then you sip a little bit. When somebody, I, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a rant now because oh. it's like it's such. You see it all the time on like CSI. They'll 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 carefully bring over the cup and hand it to somebody and be like, here, here's your coffee. Like it's brand new, and then the person will 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 take the cup and then like take a swig. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't do that. If you have a hot cup of coffee, no one is swigging from it like that. Like, it's full. Like, come on. I'm sorry. This is 
drives me up the wall every time I see it. I'm That's like, fantastic. look, I am, I am not an actor, but even I know not to do that. It's so frustrating. Hey, if you're an actor out there and you're listening to me, stop doing that. Cut it out. It's obnoxious. Anyway, continue. Gotta treat your pops correctly. It, yeah. Anyway, Ronnie Crawford, this actor who we still have not named, is not treating his coffee cup well. No, no, he's not. So we we saw the. It's funny we saw those Greek coffee cups in the background of the of Pete's, um, and I mentioned them briefly weeks ago um, when we saw them. But now that it's front and center in Ronnie's hand, I felt that it was a good time to kind of look it up and see what the deal was with with it. But um, I, I'm glad to hear they're back. I want to I want to find a place where where they serve them because that'll be, that'll well, be a fun I piece that- of nostalgia. I thought that was a good place for you to actually name this actor, but you didn't. So his name is Lonnie Price. Yeah, we got. Yeah. So Lonnie Price. Good old Lonnie Price. Never uh, heard of him. What do you know about Lonnie Price? Nothing. Um, he's a Broadway veteran, and I think it shows in this scene. I think he's very theatrical. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think right? he plays the he plays the role well, okay, well, I have something to say about this because I think that this actor does what he can with this role and I think he does a good job. But my my notes say, I have a feeling this character is supposed to be like 18, but he looks 35. Oh, good call. Yeah. You think? Because uh, well, I, the dad's pretty old when we see but the dad. I know, but I mean, just the way he acts and the way he kind of yeah. reacts to the dad and the idea that he's that Kermit is instantly supposed to be like, you look really young. And I'm just kind of like, well, he looks like he's in his mid 30s to me. You're so right. I like, you know, and so I was just thinking, like, is this guy supposed to be like if this movie were being filmed today, this role would have been cast by like a 20 year old, you know, yeah. playing like yeah. playing like an 18 year old. And or something to that effect. He just looks too old for this role. I was thinking that like this part should have been played by like a younger kid. That was my thought. But he but, you know, he got cast and I think he did what he could with the role, especially like in the next minute. You kind of see him the the sort of youngness come out. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about yeah um but yeah i i I just i just remember thinking like okay well he's really hamming it up like you said he's super super theatrical and he's trying to act young well you 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 often do this for me as we watch these muppet films you you are able to articulate sometimes what i'm thinking but don't know why i'm thinking it because okay i I think i totally agree with you but i didn't realize that that's why i had an issue with this but I think okay. that's why. I, okay. I think you're right. I think you're totally right. I think this should be like an 18-year-old kid or like a college-age kid or maybe early 20s right out of college. And he wants to, to make a name for himself. Um, but he looks like a 30-year-old. I mean, yeah. easily. And and um, I, I just don't like the over overacting it. You know, I, I don't like when people overact with against the Muppet because unless the Muppet's acting zany too, I guess, but there's no reason to. And I feel like number one, he's acting like he's on a stage in a theater. And and I, I I don't, I don't like he's projecting and he doesn't need to. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, that's, I have a little bit of a problem with that. I I think that's, I, I don't really love the casting here. And I think, um, they really did cast a lot of, stage veterans even for you know non-major roles 
And that, that's the decision they made for this film. Yeah. It's funny because it always kind of bothered me. Not bothered me, but like rubbed me the wrong way. Like I was just like, why is this man behaving like a child? Mm. That like that even when I was a kid and I watched this, it just kind of confused me. Yeah. But I didn't know why I felt that way. Kind of like what you're saying. Like you're like I'm not quite sure why I feel this way. I really truly believe that this is supposed to be a kid or like a young adult, mm-hmm. and and he looks just like a normal adult. And so that's why I'm confused. Uh, even like I said, even as a kid, I was always like why is this guy so like into the Muppets and why is he acting like this? And it's just like, it's just the whole part. I mean, he's very nice and he's very sweet, yeah. but I was uh, the entire time I was just like, Kermit, are you buying this? You know, <laughs> like it was just, it felt too good to be true. I mean, I, I guess it is, but, um, but yeah, it just seems like it. And I feel like that, I feel like the scene would have been more effective too. If it were a young, like a younger, I don't want to say kid, but like a, like a, you know, almost like a teenager just coming out of his teenage years, like who has faith in the Muppets. And yeah. you know, you know, this, this young at heart, I want to say young at heart, cause it would be an actual young person, but like you need that sort of to bring, to, to, to have the adults pay attention, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been a powerful move to do that. And I'm, it's kind of disappointing that they didn't do that. So anyway, Lonnie Price, um, he he had an he had an interesting career. I, I you know one of the cool things about when we do these uh, the, this podcast and we look at these people's IMDb's, like some of these like I mean relatively no name people like no one's going to really know Lonnie Price right for the no one off the street but but the they have interesting careers like like. So the, he had the oh he was in Dirty Dancing right Dirty Dancing oh dang um, okay guest spots on the Golden Girls and Law and Order um, he had a by all accounts a decent Broadway career like like if you know Broadway I I apparently you would know some of these roles um, then he went on to directing he was a director of of episodes of Desperate Housewives One Life to Live. Uh, two broke girls, and he currently still like does stuff. As uh, in, in 2019, and for a few New Year's Eves leading up to it, he's been the director of the New York Philharmonic New Year's Eve like TV show or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so he directs that. So uh, I mean, he's still in the business. He's still directing. Um, I'm sorry, I just can't get over the fact that he he had baby carry a watermelon. <laughs> Boy. Wow, I learned something tonight. Yeah, That's so, awesome. I mean, interesting. Yeah. He's still there, still trucking along. Good for you, Lonnie. Yeah. Anyway, well, we got some plot here, though. He's, he's, he's essentially saying that... Uh, does he say it in this minute that his dad wants to let him produce a play? Right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so and, and Kermit seems to be like okay with it, at least so far. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any skepticism with, on Kermit yet. It's well, very relaxed. Right. It's at the very end of this minute where he actually says, you know, I want to produce your play. Okay. Um, so he goes more into it next minute. But, uh, you know, it's a, it is a lot of setup here where... You know, Kermit is going along with that. I mean, Kermit got the letter, so he's like, you know, this this is legit. This guy's acting a little weird, but this is, 
you know, this, right. this, this guy said he wanted to produce my play. Okay. Um, you know, well, and he's also like, what do I, what have I got to lose? I'm sure that's what right, he's thinking. Right. So, and, and you know, Kermit doesn't know, you know, really how this business goes. All right. We guess we do business sitting on the stairs. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, right. New I York. cross my legs. I could look cute. Mm-hmm. And he does. Yeah. Um, this is a weird, like, I feel like if this, if, if Crawford, Crawford, yeah, Crawford is a big time Broadway producer, this seems like a kind of shoddy place that he's in. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think to be fair, I think that any high rise in New York, especially when like that high up is probably pretty pricey. It does have a nice view of the Empire State Building. So it's probably pretty pricey. And they're not all going to be, you know, luxurious. You know what I mean? It's Mm. not like he's a millionaire. I mean, maybe he's a millionaire, but it's not like he's um, Donald Trump or something. I'm just thinking Mr. Price's place. Very luxurious at the beginning of the film. Mr. Price? Wasn't that his name? The guy at the beginning of the film? Uh, Dabney Coleman? Oh, yeah. Pretty that sure guy. Who, okay, yeah. God, that was so long ago. So long ago. Was it? Was it nicer? I don't know. It seemed like, you know, I yeah, don't know. You're right. It, and maybe I suppose in comparison, it's a little rundown looking, yeah. I guess. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just not fancy. Maybe he yeah. spends his money wisely. Yeah. So you never know. Um, so yeah, Kermit starts to get his hopes up here because uh, this guy's talking to him about this and, and, uh, you know, the, the, he tells Kermit that he misled him a little bit, but he's very excited and mm-hmm. I don't think Kermit's going to care because why would Kermit care? He just right. wants his play done. He doesn't care who does it. He just wants and his play on there. Yeah. Props yeah. to, uh, to Bernie or not Bernie, Ronnie for his, uh, honesty uh, yeah, right up front. Exactly. Yeah. So, yep. And I like the bow tie look. It fits this guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's nice. He's dressed very nice and he's doing his job. You know, he's getting lunch. Right. Anyway. Good wardrobe yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that's it. Uh I want we'll we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow about uh about this choice they made and about Kermit's reaction. Do you have, do you have anything else here for this minute? I do not. All right. Well then, uh, let's uh, let's let's end that with uh, minute sixty-two here. Go to MuppetsMinute.com, check us out there, and uh, t- tell us, uh, you know, tell tell us what you think. If you had an experience with one of those blue Greek coffee cups, that'd be great. Apparently, in the article, I'll post the link to the article I found, so you guys can check it out and see the pictures and all that. Apparently, there's a huge collector of these cups, and the New York Times or something like that interviewed the guy. And he has, like, one of every, like, version of the cup that's ever come out. So, oh, cool. I guess that's cool. I mean, you got to do something with your life. You might as well. Might as well hey, you know what? You're you're a collector yourself, Nick, so go I, knock it. I am. I would never knock it. I mean, I, I collect napkins, so. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, who cares? Uh, all right. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute 63 of Muppets Minute.